Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tiger Pops, episode 37. And today with me, I have Ashleen and Jocelyn, and I'll let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Ashleen Schufelt from uh, both the Feminist Critique and Disney Dives podcasts, and um, I am pretty excited to be here, uh, you know, like I am every week. <laughs> so. Hi, I'm Jocelyn. I'm uh 36. I uh, live in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada, and it's my first time on the podcast and I'm super excited. I can't wait. Awesome. Thank you so, so much for being here. So episode 37 is, starts are, it's pretty fun. I mean, they, they honestly all are, but some are, some are better than others. Mm. Not better. I wouldn't say better. Some are more like content filled and like emotional than others. So this one starts out, we had, we ended off last episode, it was pretty intense, where Tora and Vincent had these power plays, and Vincent sent, basically, without asking exactly, sent Tora on this mission to snipe these people from opposing gang, and Tora sniped them, if that's the verb, I'm not quite sure, but he didn't kill them, and Vincent, you know, blew a stack, but wasn't getting a response from Tora, and in the end, back down, and Tora was, last couple of panels, was so angry at Vincent, told him to F himself. And he was about to bang his fist into the wall, but then he noticed the strawberries high on his wrist and he stopped. And that's where we begin this episode. So he's a bit, he almost banged his fist into the wall. He didn't. And if you see the next thing he does is he's texting somebody. And then he texts, of course, guys. <laughs> um, he's texting uh, Poppy and uh, we see... Like a second after that, you know, Poppy's uh, in her usual spot working at her computer and she kind of like looks over and uh, checks her phone and she um, she she calls him a dork, which I don't know. It's it just was like kind of a sweet moment. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, it. I find you can really see in these scenes that, you know, you're going from wherever Torah is, I guess a home or something, which is like concrete and dark and dingy. And then you go to Poppy and it's like warm and inviting. And I think Torah needs that. And that's really like what I can see from like these panels in general is that like he needs that warmth and maybe to get over whatever was like troubling him before, just like Poppy's his way of getting out, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And she had sent him a message. We'll see that she sent it yesterday, but he didn't answer it till today. He probably didn't want to answer it until he finished his mission because, yeah. I mean, probably a stressful situation for him. He wanted to make sure it was successfully completed. And yeah, you're right. Like after this, he's so angry and so upset. And this is instead of her harming himself, he turns to Poppy to comfort him. Yeah. Um, Any like... I think I've mentioned this before, like the, the strawberry tie and like how he, uh, how that signifies, you know, Poppy. 
uh, being like kind of that light in his life. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's adorable. Um, it's so adorable. <laughs> but he ends up show, like sending the picture and he's like, I'll tell you if you would make me one of these again. <laughs> right. Another interesting contrast between Poppy and Tora. So you see from Poppy's apartment, it looks like this thing on the floor. It looks like it's like a painting rag. What does it look like to you? There's this thing, cloth on the floor with a lot of colors on it. To me, it looks yeah. like a, a cloth. Like a smock, maybe, or something like that. Maybe a smock. Oh, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like her uh, sweater from like a couple of uh, episodes before, but clearly it is not. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see the same, like, flowers and stuff like that. Yeah. Not sure. Yeah, and that just to me shows, you know, Poppy has these healthy outlets for her energies. Whenever she needs to self-calm and self-soothe, this is something that she does. She paints. And Tora doesn't really have that. You know, he has a guitar in his apartment, which we haven't seen him use yet, which I'm very curious about. And he does exercise a lot. But for him, exercise is probably a way of keeping up his way of life and making sure he stays intimidating and strong. And, you know, it's like kind of a trap and a curse for him. He doesn't appear to have any healthy outlets for his frustration. Oh, he's got sad. video games, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah. yeah. in one of the earlier things, there was a controller there. So, um, and and we saw him, like, over at... Um, uh, Quincy's apartment. Yeah, Quincy's apartment gaming beforehand. So... I mean, which is, like, kind of typical of dudes. They love video games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I am kind of curious to see if he he does use that to calm himself down, because everybody needs some kind of outlet. But you see Mm -hmm. he has a cigarette in his hand. You know, that he immediately goes to his cigarettes, which is, you know, not a healthy outlet and way to relieve your stress. No, he's... Yeah, his addiction right now is... uh... Definitely the two, Poppy and cigarettes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, and you see, he has an ashtray filled with cigarette butts, which is sad. My husband used to smoke, and I'm so happy he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that smell. It's just horrible. Oh, I, just weak. I, I don't grew want to up with. <laughs> I grew up with cigarette smell like everywhere, but like I didn't notice it growing up. But like now mm-hmm. I do, and I'm like, Same oh here. god. Same here. It's not a pleasant thing. No. But I, yeah. I really love this this text where he, he posts a picture like of the meal, you know? And like, make this for me. And I'll tell you. <laughs> I really like that. Oh, yeah. Right. I love her response, too, because she's like, okay, mister, we need to talk about this habit of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's flirtatious and familiar you know and it, it isn't real. you know it's um kind of ribbing him on it's teasing so there's something like you know there's a t- like kind of a push and pull between them and Tora does need love and sympathy and all that mushy stuff but he also needs it in a respectful manner and in a way that doesn't make him feel like like a case you know like a social work case or something and she doesn't do that to him you know she makes him feel like they have a mutual relationship and you know there's like this fun interplay between them yes i, I mean, think that, oh sorry no you go ahead uh, well i think uh sarah mentioned this in a, another episode uh a while ago how 
you know, there's like couples that call each other babe and then say like terrible things. But like this mm-hmm. is obviously just like, like teasing. Right. And I think this is a, a lot more healthy than, you know, like ripping on each other. Definitely. And he does the same to Poppy also. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a push and pull and, you know, it's kind of a tease, but like lighthearted for sure. Mm-hmm. And one thing I like seeing, which is very much like what a lot of people do in the beginning of their dating relationship, where every text, you know, you wait for the other person's text and you're just like glued to your phone. So he's sitting there, his back is against the wall, he hasn't showered. And he's just like, oh, I guess you went to bed and you need to eat dinner. It's so typical. He's just like watching his phone and waiting for her to respond and, you know, upset that maybe she went to bed. She does text him back. Yeah, it's like... When, when, when he's responding yeah like he's like well I guess I guess that's it for that and then it's like oh she texts me yay like it's kind <laughs> of a rejoice kind of moment oh yeah he like straight up has a really like goofy looking face but it's adorable <laughs> yeah. it's like it's, a- again, sorry go ahead oh no I was just gonna say it's like a derp face like <laughs> Yeah, it truly is. I mean, even like he's laughing at her jokes, like as if like, you know, no one could see this little face. But if they could, man, she would fall for him right again. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. His response, like he capitulates immediately. He's very he's he's like a softy. You know, she right away. um, She's like, oh, you know, this is a habit, whatever. And he just right away he gives into her demand or, you know, gives her the answer she wants. And he says, she didn't even do anything for him, but he's like, yeah, he liked it. He didn't know, so he didn't know what you did to his face, which again, just shows to me like he, he can't last long against Poppy and her wishes. Mm-hmm. Oh, she tugs, she tugs at his, his feelings, I think, like too hard. <laughs> yeah. I think I mentioned this before, like he reminds me of um, like the men in my life, like my father and my husband are both very pliant people, very easygoing, very mild mannered. Well, I mean, my husband's super loud and outgoing, but in, in terms of a relationship, he's very, very giving. And, um, you know, it sort of reminds me of that, like somebody who would just always give and doesn't get angry at, at you know, at his partner and just a flexible kind of person. I would like to say I feel like like, we all need someone like that in our lives. And, uh, you know, when you have that, it's like you just feel lucky. (laughs) And uh, I think Poppy kind of sees that in him. And maybe that's why she's just so, you know, attracted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so, so attracted that she asks him out. And this is, you know, we see his face when he gets that text. There's like a beep and then his eyes widen because (laughs) she just asked him. She said, I'll make you one if you take me out for a ride, like maybe now. She asks him out right then and there. And then you see in the next panel, his face, he puts the cigarette to his mouth again, and he's contemplating, and then he sends a message and sends it. And Lily told us, if you if you know what happens later, she told us to read back through the episodes and um, read it again, knowing what happens later. So I'm not going to spoil it for other people, but if you have already gone through to like episode Uh, gosh 39 I think it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then you'll know you'll look back at this text that he's sending her and you'll you'll understand his posture when he's sitting there against the wall that image of him next to his guitar and his his ashtray 
Yeah. Yeah. Hard not to ruin it. <laughs> yeah. It, it <laughs> is. so hard. <laughs> So guys, okay. Okay, so um, the next thing we go with an hour later, and here's another thing, by the way, we mentioned it before, like they are texting each other from the timestamp we see it's like 1030 or something. What is it? It's somewhere at nighttime. Oh, it's like really late. Yeah, and yeah, then he's picking up an hour later. So this is like, God knows when, right? Midnight poppy, and then it's middle of the night. And they're like going on a date. And I'm like, Oh, my God, why are you not tired? <laughs> <laughs> it's that young energy like when yeah, you're they're... in your 20s you can go all night but like you, you turn 30 and you're just like yeah but I'm like tired yeah you're like 20 and closing bars and then you get to 30 and you're like I did that <laughs> really yeah so yep. uh yeah they're relatively young so I figure you know midnight dates is kind of okay I think in their situation <laughs> Yeah. And you see, so he picks her up and there's only like three other people whose lights are on, which is cute in the apartment. And I love how Lily puts in the setting, you know, everything is blue toned and dim. There's tons of stars. It's just so beautiful. And she walks out and she sees the guard station and she sees that Trevor is not there. She says that Mrs. Haru, her landlady, Trevor quit his job abruptly yesterday and the guardhouse is empty. And she walks down. She's like, well, I hope it doesn't have anything to do with all that yelling I heard. And she pauses and she's like, oh, am I kidding? It absolutely had something to do with that. Because <laughs> but she also, like, doesn't feel very sorry because I guess she really didn't like uh, Trevor. Yeah, I mean, she even goes as far as to call him a sleazeball. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, with with uh, with good, uh, I mean that that's exactly what he was really. If you look oh, yeah. at it, <laughs> so uh, totally get it. I mean, she has values, right? And obviously, this guy didn't. So, yeah, it must have been apparent enough that you know Trevor um, Gallo did his research and reported it to Tora. But whatever his behavior was, it must have been apparent even to her, just going in and out. Exactly. Yeah, and she she mentions her, mentions her grandmother here, which is nice. Um, we kind of have a, the first time I think we see her grandmother is when when her father dies, but now she mentions Granny again. So we just had a little bit of a foreshadowing. We'll be seeing her more later, and it's nice to know, you know, nice to know that she has a grandmother and that influence, and seems like her grandmother raised her after her father died. Yeah, 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 and you know. Uh... You can tell by the way she's her mannerisms sometimes that she has been kind of brought up by someone with like respect and dignity and some some strange little like like even this mannerism like a good riddance to bad rubbish like it's totally what a grandmother would say and I <laughs> I I always like see that as like you know she comes from good roots kind of thing you know. I also mm-hmm. noticed, though, like how she was, you know, uh, like in the earlier chapters, how she is with that Alice, like she's very respectful with Alice. Right. So I feel like maybe that's because she was raised by somebody who was older that she, you know, knows how to respect her elders. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so Poppy walks out and she sees Tora leaning on his car, which is, you know, marvelously parked again with one wheel on the (laughs) roof. Oh my gosh. 
it's the running joke i tell you yeah i feel like now every time one one of the fans doesn't park well i'll be like well tora doesn't park well either (laughs) so the thing i want to mention about this and it's because of shoegate so so dumb um okay so we see tora like, and, and, you know, Poppy mentions it, that he has leg tattoos. And uh, it, it it almost feels like we are seeing Tora in a new light because we've never seen his legs before, right? So it was like, oh, he has a tiger on his legs. Damn. Um, but, and, and I will forever say this because uh, when I first saw this chapter, my, my friend Laura was like, that outfit. That de- that is not his style. Those <laughs> shoes? Are you kidding me? They're boat shoes. Um, so I'm convinced that, uh, and not everybody agrees, but uh, he borrowed these clothes either from Quincy, Quincy or Quincy took him out shopping. Yep, I was thinking the same thing. But also, it, this whole like this that panel surprised me the first time I, I saw it. And I was like, oh yeah, like it's true. We've never seen his legs. And and I was just completely in shock. Like I was like, oh wow. Like I never thought of it. Why did I never think of it? <laughs> you know? And then the clothes and I was just like, so weird. It just doesn't suit him. I don't know what it is about it. <laughs> so something, so a couple of things about this. Um, Firstly, so Lily actually says that I just read this in one of the comments that she feels that his clothing is actually it makes sense for him to own it. And everyone has something in their closet that is not exactly their style. Mm. But something that I read a lot of people say, and I, I can't remember who to attribute it anymore. So I'm sorry. I don't remember who it was because it was multiple people. But they said that they feel that Tora was dressing up to kind of like the man that she would be dating normally, not like a mafia like he usually usually dresses, but someone more preppy, you know, with that that should be the sweater and the sword. Yeah. And it's I, also I, I was the one who said that. <laughs> 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 or I, I, it might have been somebody else, but I, I remember distinctly uh, writing that when uh, when I was sh- shit posting my own group. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. You know, this is like the time that she has asked him out and he has time to prepare. And it's so, it's like, very touching that he does that for her and he wants to be the man that she wants him to be or that she would would be dating yeah that's yeah. really sweet actually <laughs> absolutely and and this is like a running theme is we see you know Tora doing stuff and he actually like later on in this chapter he does something which i'll get to like we'll get to at the time but he's just very considerate of like you know, how her feelings may, or, you know, what uh, makes her comfortable. Right. And he's also very attuned to how dress makes impact on people perceive you. Because, you know, we've said multiple times, people perceive him to be a thug and they're intimidated by him. They're scared of him and they move away from him. And so this is, this is an example where he, he's using dress to try to change how people see him. Just like uh, in reference to that, um, when he sees Poppy from the restaurant, and sees that like she's kind of uncomfortable because people are looking at her kind of out of like she's out of place I think he really does have that like that uh, notion that like dress does affect 
you know, how people see you and also the scene where, you know, you go back to his his uh, childhood opening the apartment door and uh, they're like looking at him like, oh, that thug is moving in. And, you know, like I think he's had a lot of experience with that where people like mis like judge him by what he looks like. And yeah, maybe he's trying to change that for her for sure. Right. And the irony of that is, is that um, even with his dress, he still has all those tattoos, which are super prominent. So he can't really hide that. You know, he can't hide who he is despite his dress up, which is the tragedy of his yeah. life. It's true. Well, it's yeah, because I mean, like, well, the tattoo on his neck is, you know, the symbol for like the mafia. Right. And you can't really hide that unless you have like some really good concealer. So, yep. It's a tragic Sorry, spot to have it too, like right there, visible almost all the time. I mean, maybe that's why he grows his hair out so long. Maybe, <laughs> not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lily mentioned point. that he, he grows it out because he was just too lazy to cut it. But you know what? I like that theory. <laughs> So yeah, yeah Poppy, Poppy herself was wearing this cute outfit, white shirt with frilly sleeves, you know, a little open and um, showing a little bit of like belly mm-hmm. and cute yellow pants. <laughs> so she's dressed up. She's uh, she's putting on a good show for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. And- he went straight up says he's like waiting for someone, sweetheart, where to? And she's like, mm, could you be like a little bit more original? <laughs> Again, the teasing. That's what's happening again, which I like. Yeah, and he gives her this adorable smile. You know, when he when he's leaning on the car, his his look is pretty intense when he's just looking at his phone. And then like the first glance that he gives her is pretty sad actually. Like his eyebrows are are in that sad position and his mouth is furrowed down. But then as soon as he sees her, he cracks a smile and it's so cute. You know, you see that he really likes her. And then he's got the yeah. derp face. <laughs> I love I love when he has that face. It just I don't know, it gets me every time. But yeah. Um but he also like mentions he's like, "Listen, I've had a pretty, you know, long day at work and my brain's kind of fried, so like give me a break." And then she ends up like, you know, saying she's like, "Well, I'm kind of in the same boat, so maybe we both need like a well-deserved break." <laughs> Which is also interesting, right? His day of work and her day of work is not exactly the same thing. No, no. Completely <laughs> different. But I, like how he, I like how he's able to communicate. You know, he's at a, a point where he feels intimate enough with her to admit to her and to, you know, ease his burden by sharing the difficulty of his day with her. That, to me, shows trust and the ability to share, share his burden with her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, uh, you know, we all need like that kind of like person who could just like let us relax, you know, and I think that's what Mm -hmm. she does for him for sure. Right. So she asks him to um, take her to the most scenic spot in Naren City for a midnight picnic. And she blushes a little and she has those little flowers and, and she holds out her bag, which we don't see it here yet, but we'll see it later. It's a very cute phrase on the bag. (laughs) I love that she's like, oh, I wasn't asking you to take my bag, but like, thanks. (laughs) 
Because that's something yeah. I would do. I would be like, oh, no, I wasn't. I didn't mean that. She kind of seems embarrassed to have asked for the midnight picnic. And then she like, you know, she had to do some sort of gesture to like kind of. And then when he takes the bag, she's like, oh, right. He's going to take the bag if I do this, you know, <laughs> like she just like kind of woke up or something. It's funny. And he, he's a gentleman, you know, I, I don't know where he was, who taught him to take women's bags, but that's like a very much like an ingrained gesture that you have to be taught, I think. And, um, and he just takes it right away. And she tells him, you know, please, <laughs> let's go somewhere free of charge because she's uncomfortable about her lack of money and the fact that he's given her treats and passed her more money at Quintine, which she says she, oh, this is interesting. She says she's going to be able to return it next month. Mm-hmm. This is sending them up for some future interaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I didn't notice that. But yeah, he's he's just like, nah, a promise is a promise. I'm all yours tonight. And I'm like, yes, you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this and I wonder that, you know, Tor puts in a lot of innuendo in what he says. Um, she didn't respond to that in any way, but like, I'm thinking maybe he had those kind of thoughts because that's just Torah and we had those thoughts. But anyway. <laughs> what he also like says too that this is actually a really sweet panel where he's like, and it sounds like it could be fun. And he's got like a little blush, blush. line. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, he really is like into this. You could see. I mean, he's like, yeah, this is a great idea. And I mean, and like with her, and- it's just perfect. And she's like, what? <laughs> he blushed. Oh, yeah, she notices it. <laughs> yeah. He's blushing. Aww. This is so sweet. Yeah, the, the perspective is from, you know, high up, right? From Tora's perspective, where Poppy is looking up at him, you know, a little bit surprised. And then she laughs, which is cute. You know, she, like, releases herself and feels comfortable with him. And he, he by the way, he opens up the car door for her again. Another gentlemanly move. Seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. That sure. that almost like never happens. <laughs> Not in these days, no. But <laughs> it's still sweet. Um. So yeah, he ends up because uh, she, you know, asked him to take uh, take her to a scenic place, right? And he's like, "Well, I have a place in mind. It's pretty deserted and dark, and but it's got the best view of the city." But then he's like actually scratch that you know it's completely deserted it's almost pitch black you're you're like we're gonna be alone for like you know not a single soul for miles so i kind of feel like that's him being considerate to um like a woman's feelings in general because you know it can be a little bit scary if somebody takes you to a secluded place i also think that he is trying in a way to to make her remember that he is a thug and you know to like kind of um kind of bring it back to like you know you should have been afraid of me but I know you're not but you should have been (laughs) kind of thing Mm -hmm. like he's kind of putting off like he's saying yeah it's beautiful and then he's like well yeah but are you sure (laughs) you know like are you sure you want to do this with me? Like we're going to be alone and deserted. And it's like, mm, I don't know. I, I still feel like he's trying to, to put her off, like saying like, maybe you shouldn't be with me kind of thing. Fine. Mm-hmm. And he I starts like, like giving some other suggestions too, where he's like, we could go to a park or something. 
Mm-hmm. I think I think what to piggyback of what you're saying, Jocelyn. I think it's um, kind of an emotional test for him because, like you said, you know, he says you should be scared of me, and he's used to everybody reacting to him that way, and he knows that Poppy doesn't. But he just wants to make sure, like, Poppy, do you really trust me? Do you really want to be with me enough to go somewhere scary? And that look on his face when he says, "Actually, scratch that," it kind of reflects that. You know, it shows like a, a lot of sadness and resignation. But then Poppy responds in this really interesting way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let one of you guys have the honors of the fun, fun next thing. Um, she takes out a taser and she's just <laughs> like affirmative and buzzes it. And then she's like, taser says yes. <laughs> it's just amazing <laughs> this part. And then like, and then he's like, oh, so you finally uh, decide to whip uh, your taser out. <laughs> just like, <laughs> oh, it's just funny. And then he like kind of scolds her for her past uh, run in with Airy Street and all that. And uh, she's like, what? I didn't even know until then kind of thing, even though she was told not to go alone, you know? <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she was even like, well, I didn't run down Aries Street by myself. I had somebody with me and I was hidden from sight at all times. Would you just stop? Yeah. It's like, stop, stop harping on that one already. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Um, and then the next <laughs> panels are, are even funnier because I don't know, like this. And after the multiple run-ins with the big scary thug, like, I just love that. And she busted it. You know, he's making fun of himself. Yeah. And again, like re-emphasizing just so like so she knows who he is because he doesn't want her to be surprised. Yeah. He wants to be who he is, you know? He doesn't want to have to hide himself, honestly. Yep. He wants her to, you know, be able to accept him as he is. Even though, you know, we know that he doesn't feel like they can be together, but Still, like for the time that they are together, he wants to make sure he wants to feel like emotionally validated that even though she knows who he is, she still wants to be with him. Oh, yeah. Um, so she ends up like buzzing the, the the taser a few times and he's just like, hey, you better not use that thing. I'm driving. And she keeps buzzing it, uh, even though she's like interesting and he's like listen i'm warning you sweet jesus christ would you put that thing away and this kind of shows off that like um that poppy is uh you know a little uh, like she's not as innocent as she appears to be like she straight up says like i've just discovered that annoying you is strangely satisfying yeah, it's the teasing. She loves to tease him. She's she's liking annoying him because it's just like, like he does have this kind of uh, softer side, like you said. And she's like, I do have a hard side too, you know. <laughs> so I like that. Right, and it's like a reversal of their typical power dynamics because Tora is large and scary, and she's small and petite. But now he is helpless because he is driving and he can't do anything um, to jeopardize the safety. And she has power. Yeah, I think she likes it, too. <laughs> she, she's, she's like one of those, um, like, not quite a dominatrix, but, you know, 
likes uh likes a little bit of that power trip i don't know for sure it's dumb <laughs> um i was actually a little worried like i thought that tora might be offended by her taking out the taser for a date with him you know what did you think of that i was surprised that he wasn't actually i think he expects her to kind of have some sort of uh, guard on a little bit and maybe when like she brought out the taser he realized like yeah well she is thinking about that but uh i'm not sure he was offended no i think he kind of expected it yeah i just think he kind of expects it but i'm not sure yeah which is pretty mature of him yeah for him not to take it personally I mean, like, he's probably, he's also used to people being, like, slightly afraid of him, right? And it's like he mentioned before, like, when he was like, yeah, we should go to this, like, secluded spot. And then he ends up saying, like, hey, actually, uh, I'm a pretty scary guy. And, you know, maybe that's not the best place that, you know, somebody wants to go to. So I I personally don't think he's offended because... um, it's a scary world out there and like you know sometimes you got to have something to protect yourself maybe right. he I even mean, feels better that she does have it yeah i think he does mm-hmm. right the fact that he like he wishes she would have had it before absolutely yeah yeah and i think it was also like we, we kind of rushed over it but i think it was very sweet that he was willing to go other places like a park or somewhere where she would feel more comfortable even if it's not his style and, you know, so that's just, you know, again, another way of him going out of his way and being willing to change his habits for her to accommodate her. Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, like he's always thinking of her, really. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so this next panel <laughs> is the um, actually it. I'll describe it a little bit. Uh, I think I saw this on um, the the Fast Pass group, but it was like uh, what you see on Wish and what ends up coming <laughs> to your door. And this is definitely like what comes to your door after you order something on Wish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he he like straight up says it. He's just like. Um, it's like dot 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 and he's holding the bag which says I'm sexy and I know it which is also another hilarious play but he's just like hey it's uh, out of shape <laughs> yeah the which by the way it could you know be uh, an allegory to Torah himself and his inner feelings and his turmoil because he definitely is bent out of shape and all lopsided and confused by Poppy and her presence in his life. That's how she makes him. Yeah, it's true. Never thought of it that way, but yes, that could be also (laughs) a significant little tidbit there. Somebody knew this. It wasn't me. Oh, thanks. I I don't remember who it was. The um, design for I'm Sexy and I Know It was also something that Jacob was wearing at work under, he was wearing this t-shirt under like a gray shirt. So, yeah, let's say it was like, who wore it better, the bag or Jacob? (laughs) I'll have to say the bag because of who's holding it. But, you know. (laughs) Yeah, he has like the look is adorable. He's like this little little boy look, like forlorn boy. (laughs) It's like, oh, man, like in his mind. 
<laughs> yeah, and Poppy is like, you know, gives him this, oh, gosh, what's the word to describe her look? Um, frustrated? Um, oh, she's got like the angry, the angry lines on her, on her head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are angry lines? Okay. Oh, yeah. Like in anime, that's uh, that's like a symbol for it's, when somebody's angry. Like, like the vein popping. Vein, yeah, your vein popping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But she's also like, in like, mean? deal with it. Kind of. <laughs> 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 kind of like, stop complaining, you know? And their banter back and forth is like totally old couple banter. Oh, it's very yeah. cute. Like, you know, you know, they like Tora doesn't mean it. And she doesn't mean it. Like, they're both just teasing each other. Yeah. And then she tells him, How about you explain this instead? And this is so funny. It's hilarious. She gives him this like deadpan look and she's like, I only noticed it when I took a bath yesterday. Now it's all staying in. And it's the paint that he booped on her nose two days ago. <laughs> and uh, like, he's like, opens his eyes wide and he's middle of eating and he raises his eyebrows and he's like, mm, I wonder who did that. Looks like some damn fine art if you ask me. Which he, yeah, he's basically saying like that she's a piece of art or work of art. Yeah. And then like, oh, I don't know. He's just so adorable in this, in this pose right now too. Like, so like laid back, you know, eating his food and just picking fun. And it's just so cute. And, And like the part where like, uh the next part where poppy like sighs and it's got like that other little line thing right and it's just it's almost like he's taken the wind out of her sails but like in a good way and then she decides to change the subject (laughs) yeah right that's true they're clearly relaxed around each other and she looks around you know she has this beautiful smile on her face and she sees the gorgeous gorgeous view and you know tells him this is incredible the view is indeed stunning they're at the edge of this cliff there's some some fence blocking you know the edge and you see the entire city laid out with the mountain peaks and the stars and everything's blue and the lights are on and it's gorgeous oh yeah and it's that iconic photo that we see you know around when we look at for midnight poppy land it's like the background is very similar to that photo i don't know if you know what i'm talking about oh yeah yeah. One where they're leaning against the car and he's leaning over her. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so it's definitely the same area, same place. I do wonder mm-hmm. about like this place, right? So, cause like they do mention the significance, but it looks like an old construction site. Like, like it was supposed to be part of a bridge or something. Or a highway that they never finished. Or yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. Huh, an unfinished story, huh? Maybe they have to complete the story. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she's smiling. She has this little blush on her face. And she says, it's totally worth the trouble we took to get up here. And then she's thinking back to their drive there where they're going on the edge of these mountain roads, these curving mountain roads. And she's like, Tora, you're going too fast, which this is her concern. Like the first time he drove her home after she was at Quincy's house, yes. she was worried that he was going too fast and then he didn't go too fast. But now he feels more comfortable with her and he did go fast. And of course, what does she resort to doing? <laughs> buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> 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 I, I like that he mentions like you know uh but usually you know women want me to go faster and he she's like no 
she gets this ginormous buzz and he screeches because she didn't sit on the pilot close to him and be like, Jesus effing right. And like, let me ask you, old pervert. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like 26. I'm like, he's not old, but I guess for her, he's a little older than her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're that young, I feel like age is kind of like more important. The older you get, you realize, eh, <laughs> just a number. It's it, it's honestly true. Like when you're when you're in like your early twenties, you're like, oh yeah, like anybody older than twenty five is old, right? And then you get to like you know in your thirties, and you're like, yeah, honestly, I just don't even care anymore. I don't even know what my birthday is. Sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> oh yeah, that happened. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm curious, you guys, the, when he mentions, right, he's like, women usually want me to do the opposite and to be in a way faster rather than slower. So I'm curious if he, if he keeps bringing up this sexual stuff because he wants to, like, he wants to have her thinking about him in a sexual way, or if that's just his way of joking around and he just wants to make her annoyed. I think it's annoyance he's trying to go for. I think he's because uh, we have seen in the past that he makes like sexual innuendo, like innuendos, right? When he was at like the apartment with Quincy, where he, you know, he has that stupid cream. grin on his face and he's like, oh, hand cream. Like he's just <laughs> a goofball that way and like, you know, makes sex jokes. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of his character, I think. Just like generally, maybe he like slips those in, you know, they're just joking, but yeah. Yeah, I think, I feel like he wouldn't do it to uh, to somebody he wasn't interested in, or maybe he would do less of it. I don't, I just feel like there's a little bit of maybe because he wants to talk, Poppy to think of him in that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, quite possibly. <laughs> Um, so then she's just like, well, not totally. And then he kind of explains a little bit more about, um, this area and how it's called, uh, Regina's Peak. And it's the highest one in the city. Uh, and that this is Thug's uh, Pavilion. Um, and then he ends up saying like, everyone who comes up here is cursed to be in the mafia for life. Uh, but you know, it's why no one uh, else dares to or whatever. Right. So, but she's like, yeah, okay. She's like, sure. Okay. Let's skip that part. <laughs> and he actually responds. He's like, oh, do you really think I'm 12? Like, I don't believe that. But I think that Tora brought that up because he wants to, again, mentally warn her, you know, that maybe if you come up here and if you're involved with me, you're going to be involved in my life and the mafia life. And he says, so I know what he else dares to. Right. And meaning he's part of the mafia. And he even says like, just so you're mentally prepared. And but he shakes it off with a laugh at the end, which is he wants to tell her who he is, but he doesn't want it. He doesn't want it to be to hit too hard. So he just tries to shake it off with humor. Yeah. And he ends up saying that like, you know, it's, he's not kidding that it's part of like a, a dumb curse passed on from like the ancient Naran time. Uh, and she's like, apparently she's really into mythology. So she's like, I've never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the other thing I want to mention, especially about this little uh, tidbit 
Um, for anybody who's read uh, Ashura's Bride, yes, um, it's Lily has confirmed that Tora is a descendant of uh, the two characters from that comic, and that's the reason why he has his tattoos. Like uh, one side is the fish, which um, uh, symbolizes. Uh, Yua, and then uh, the other one is the the flowers, which uh, symbolizes like the the main guy character. Uh, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but um, mm-hmm. but that's the reason why he has those two tattoos is because he is a descendant. Hmm. Right. Interesting. Yeah, Lily does bring in a lot of the past, and I think it's also cute. You know, she's like, "Oh, do you think I'm twelve? And he's like, "Hell no!" And I'm not getting into that kind of trouble. <laughs> yeah i wonder i mean he must know her age you know doing a background check on her and what have you but you know that's all that's all well and good but i don't know if if like it ever came up like he didn't ask her specifically like how old are you or whatever you know so i wonder I wonder if she suspects that he's done like a checkup on her or something. Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. And Tora's response, by the way, to her saying she doesn't know about the the curse, it's again very considerate. He's like, eh, don't crack your head over this, sweetheart. It's just one peak in the city, and Aaron's a huge country with tons of mountains. Again, very considerate. Doesn't want her to feel bad about it and just making her feel better. Yeah, like don't take it personally. You know, it's not well-known, da-da-da. So, it's nice of him. Yeah, he's a nice guy. And then we see he's been unpacking the bag, meanwhile, and he's, like, unpacking what looks like Pringles, two things of Pringles, <laughs> and then some other junk food, and he's like, oh, my God, all you passed was this pile of junk food. Should have told me all that so you got at home. I would have picked something else up from elsewhere, which, again, first of all, it's nice. Like, he doesn't expect her to get something. He's like, I would have picked something up. And also, he doesn't like junk food, or at least not exclusively junk food instead of dinner. <laughs> and she's, like, always go- gravitating towards those things. And I'm like, mm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's got to get her curves from somewhere. Hello. <laughs> yeah. And also, when you're, like, when you're in your early 20s, like, especially when you move away from home the first time, like, we've all gone through this, like, junk food phase where like it is because nobody can tell you what you can eat now right so you're just they call it you know in college like the freshman 15 right uh (laughs) in some cases you know uh it's like the freshman 50 so (laughs) yeah she's definitely going through that phase because you keep seeing it you know more junk food at home Mm yeah yeah and um, so she seems to color a little bit and she brings this up seemingly out of nowhere. And she says, speaking of ancient Naren, I wonder what you'd look like with brazen here. And she leans down and puts her arm on his neck. And that's where it ends. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. <laughs> like so far, I, I love where this is going. I think it's really yeah. sweet, honestly. It's... Um... I like that she changed, like, we find out why she changed the subject, but I won't say why. Um, But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, this moment, this whole, like, little few chapters are just amazing and cute. Mm -hmm. 
really, really. Right. And she, we've seen until now, like Tora tends to touch her a lot. And she was the one who initiated the kiss. And here she is initiating physical touch again. Something pretty mm. intimate. Reading someone's hair, she puts her hand on his neck, she leans down close to him. That's pretty intimate. And for someone like Tora, you know, has anyone ever touched him in that way and been so close to him? That hasn't happened yet. She also put her hand on his tattoo, like, because that's where his tattoo Mm -hmm. is, right? So maybe if we go into this conspiracy theory, this sort of thing, like, it signifies that, like, she knows what she's getting into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, all of this, this, um, the way that she's uh, kind of going for it more now, like, like leaning in and, and gravitating towards him. I feel like, like she knows that he's uncomfortable with, with his situation and, you know, she wants to get closer to him. And this is like her way of like, okay, taking the, the leap and, making him know that like I do want to be there you know I want you to stay like I want you to be with me kind of thing like she keeps gravitating towards him whereas before it was was more him but now I think she's realizing like you know what let's do this you know she wants a relationship Right. She definitely wants, she definitely wants to see him again. I don't know about relationship yet. I don't, I don't know if she, I mean, we, we, we have the privilege of knowing what happens a couple episodes ahead, but even so, like, I think Poppy is, you know, a lot of us have this, have conflicting feelings, you know, she likes him. She likes spending time with him, but then she also understands that he's in a dangerous organization and that a long-term relationship with him would be, would be hard, but we all have experienced wanting something that we shouldn't have. I think that's what both of them are experiencing now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Totally. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, especially for romance. Um, you know, I know everyone's experience is different, but I think for many people, when they find somebody that they like and that they click with, they it's very compelling and it's very hard to say no to something like that, to like strong romantic urges. Well, because that's a, like this is something that I've like uh, I thought a lot about is how does this relationship like work in the long term sort of thing? Cause of course all of us are going, yes, take these two. Now you kiss. Right. Um, but like it, when it comes down to it, like it's, it's not really feasible because um, he lives in this, he's living this life where he doesn't know if he's going to live or die essentially like he is, you know, um, tied to the mafia and it's not like you can just, you know, say, well, I'm retiring this week. Right. So you can't get out of that life once you start. And and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to involve her because I mean, Poppy's a pretty, you know, like an innocent in this. Yeah. And I mean, it's dangerous just to be with him now. So he -hmm. knows it. And I think this is scaring him more than anything, really. So anybody, anybody who's connected to him is going to be used as a a pawn and a weapon against him. Mm -hmm. Well, it's like, um, I don't know if any of you guys have watched the Sopranos, right? But like big thing at the end when, 
uh, like the, their ending was intentional, right? But the the idea behind it was that like you don't, as long as like that character stays in the mafia, you don't know whether he lives or dies. Like his life is always on edge, and that's where Tora is. Like his life is always on edge. He doesn't. There's no real life about uh to that because he doesn't. He just doesn't know if he's gonna die this week or you know in 10 years yep i don't know it's it's tough like it's obviously that like they're not really like you said not it's not feasible for them to be together but we all want it to go that direction obviously oh absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it's just how is this gonna all play out we don't know right and but what's reassuring is that we know that it's a romance and lily has confirmed that all as every romance it will have a happy ending so good but there's going to be a lot of heartache on the way oh yeah for sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) but for the time being while we're along this journey we can get patreon (laughs) and get that sweet sweet uh secret garden oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah there's a couple of secret gardens that we feel could easily become canon. I'm curious if they will be. How, how shall integrate it? Be like, okay, guys, at this point of the story, I can't put it on webtoons, but go to Secret Garden. I think 77 is one of them that is seems like it's very canon-like. I know. Yeah, I can't I can believe the numbers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't normally know the numbers, but people have said 77, and I actually remember that one independently. I'm like, yeah, that definitely. I can see that being. Oh, you know. is... I, th- I think I know which one you're talking about, and I agree. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. <laughs> yeah so, well, and with the plug, everybody, Patreon is the best ever, and Lily is fantastic, and she puts in so many details. Um, for me, one the thing I value most about Patreon is actually the discussions after every episode, because there's the amazing comments from everybody, and that's where I, like, recruit, you know, fellow podcast hosts. And Lily also puts in a lot of details and she kind of answers some questions within the comments that give you a lot more background to the story. Yeah, I like how active she is with her fan base. And uh, I really, I I can't be more happy about Patreon just being part of this whole uh, Midnight Poppy Land thing. Because, I mean, with that, you really get like way more to like the depth of the story than you could like just reading it, you know. Oh, 100%. I, and also, it was really nice that she she did a plug for you guys this week. That, I thought that was I was very happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, mega props. Me too. Oh my gosh, I was, I feel like I was talking to a celebrity when I talked to Lily. And um, when I sent her the idea before I had it, just to make sure she was okay with it, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This sounds great." So I did. You know, we did the first four episodes. I sent it to her, and she loved them. And then I sent her a couple more the next week. And she was like, you know, I want to do a shout out for you guys. And I just made a logo. <laughs> She's like, I think it'd be good to do a logo. So I made a logo and um, with my wonderful artistic skills. Thank God my husband does like art and he has a graphics program. So I was like, I don't have patience to learn this. Just sit there with me and show me. And he like sat with me for almost two hours and just like helped me figure it out. Aww. It's <laughs> so, really nice. Yeah, he is nice. <laughs> And oh my gosh, the amount of that that husband involved in Midnight Poppy Land, the amount of Midnight Poppy Land jokes going on in this house is <laughs> not normal. I call him Tora all the time. I like tease him all the time. Whenever we're, we're like pretending to be sexy with each other, I'm like, okay, Tora. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> 
a lot. Oh my gosh. I, I, I can't even go into detail because it's too much, but you can imagine there's just a lot of that. <laughs> At least he understands you and that's what counts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like, thank God, right? I'm like, it's good to have a crush on an imaginary person where nothing can happen and there's nothing to be jealous of. <laughs> yep. It's true. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, that was awesome to see. So it, it's, it's really great that uh, I, I'm excited that like uh, Lily listens to these because, um, like I said, she she knows what the fans want. <laughs> like she is she's all about it. She, I I love that she's like on board for all of it uh, when it comes to like the fandom, and and I have always felt that way. Yep. Yeah, and I I like you know she's very. In the story, you can see how structured she is, you know, mm-hmm. like she has a goal. She knows where she's going with it. And and uh, I think it's the same with how she wants to address her fans and everything. So definitely it's it's fun. This her whole her whole thing is fun. <laughs> I love it all. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Do we have any more final thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? Um. Well, we went through pretty much everything, so I think I think I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Yeah, yep. honestly, I'm just excited to see like whether it's the fast past episodes or whatever. Like, I'm I'm waiting every single week for that new episode so I can find like so I can you know pick it apart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. In a good way. In a very good way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, i guess this is why this podcast exists so we can Mm -hmm. pick it apart and figure everything out (laughs) yep Yep. and i guess if we're going to speak picking apart thinking of something cute there's one (laughs) the readers have noticed one panel where her shoes have disappeared that's uh i love seeing these little like glitches because it's cute. It's kind of like it brings out the humanity. Like Lily's a person, you know, and she works incredibly hard to produce these these panels. And they're just gorgeous beyond belief. But it's also very sweet and heartening to see little errors because then, you know, you feel like connected and you're like, OK, I'm a person. I make mistakes. Lily's a person. She makes mistakes. It just really brings brings it down to your level. Yeah. 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 Um, does she do her background work also? Or is that another... Yeah. Um, no, it's because they have a little. Because I think she credits whoever helps her, right? Um, is it, is it all their background assistants: Lester G, Kent E, Kudermono, and Sandra also, B. I have to say that it's it's really nice to see also that work because I, I find that's very impressive as well. Like to be able to give us such a beautiful photo for that that scene where you just see like the view. It's just amazing. And even the drive, like the car, I don't know, the whole thing, it's it's very nice. I love all the backgrounds also. Just a shout out to them yeah. because it's all been very nice too. If they're listening, thank you. I mean, this, this cartoon is complex and amazing on so many levels and the art is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I ditto. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Ashleen and Jocelyn. Thank you so, so much for coming on. It was fantastic doing this episode with you. 
thank you. No problem. Thank you for having us. Okay. Well, I'll catch up with you guys later and we'll see you next week. Great. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye.